What's up, guys? Two years ago, I brought on a professional kicker who kicked for Boise State University. At the time, he had just finished his stint in the XFL, which was cut short due to the, due to the global pandemic for COVID-19. Now, he is in the USFL, and we're going to be running it back with him, learning about the last two years and how he continued to motivate himself and, and, and continue to have that drive and prepare for the opportunity when the USFL launched. And so we're going to learn more about his experience and what we can expect from him moving forward today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. A very special episode today is we're going to be running it back with one of our former guests from two years ago. Uh, the cool thing about this, though, is we get to hear, we get to kind of build off of this, um, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. I want to give a shout out to everybody who's tuning in today um, and anyone who has tuned in over the course of the last five and a half years that we've been doing this show. We're in 97 countries. Again, I want to make sure you guys understand the importance of leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you guys leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, the show gets out to more people. That's the algorithm trick. All the podcasters are scared to tell you that. I'm not. I will tell you it straight up. That is how you get out to more people. The more reviews you get, the more it gets shown on Apple Podcasts, the more people subscribe, the more countries it gets out to and so forth. So if you can, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you haven't done so already, let's get this out to more people. And a shout out to any of the sponsors that have been working with me. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, for helping support the show over the last five and a half years. Now, like I said, we're running it back with a kicker, all right? This is a guy, if you guys go back to episode 145, which it sounds wild because we're on episode 252 now of the podcast, Ooh. this will be episode 252. So it's over. it's been over 100 episodes. Um, I mean, we, we had this guy on two years ago, and we're ready to rock and roll and see what's going on. But 145, I, I'll put the link here in the description so you guys can go back and listen to the first one because it might. it's almost like a a sequel and it's kind of cool that way it says we don't do this ever so um go listen to this episode but you'll learn about his journey through you know high school through the junior college route through the boise state route through the xfl as well as any other things that he was doing and then the the covid pandemic kind of shut everything down so now we're going to learn about what happened since then so i'm bringing on tyler rasa tyler thanks so much for joining me again man no problem dude two two years is crazy when you said i didn't think it was two years ago already um but man Great to be on here with you again, brother. Thanks again for supporting me always. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, it was wild. I saw a memory pop up on Facebook just the other day. It said two years ago. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. But then I started realizing, I'm like, yeah, I, I remember it now. And it was during right in the heart of all this shutdown and crud. So, you know, it's cool to, to see you back here and doing your thing. I told you before, and I've always kind of, I, I've loved this about you, is that you always are like practicing. But since that time where the XFL shut down, um, you had to come home and you were doing your own thing. You know, life has kind of changed a little bit for you, even on the personal side of things. Do you mm -hmm. mind sharing some stuff? And not let's not even talk about career. Let's yeah. talk about some of the personal things that have changed in those last, I guess, two years. Yeah, personal things. Uh, got engaged, uh, had a baby. So we have a seven-month-old Brooks at home now. Heck yeah. Um, shout out Brooks. Let's go. Shout out Brooks. <laughs> um, he's, he's the best baby. I mean, it, we couldn't have been blessed with anybody better. 
um yeah got engaged we've you know to my fiance sarah and you know we've been together for a little over five and a half years now um going strong you know blessed to to have a partner someone as her especially the way she supports me through all this um couldn't ask for anybody better as well and and so you know with them it's you know there's a whole new purpose to you know what i'm doing in these leagues to where i'm practicing and kind of just brings a little bit more motivation to things as well um but the personal side it's you know life's been very good um especially just being in boise in general i mean being in boise is i've i've started doing more you know personal trainings with my kickers out there i've i've got about 20 to 25 local kids um and i want to say just about from 5a to 2a i had all of the first team and second team all state guys uh for kickers that are out there um guys that all want to get better and it's you know i'm not charging an arm and leg to get out there um you know i just want to get these kids in the right direction you know being able to teach some of these guys you know how to kick the proper way and being able to self-assess and you know being in Boise, being the, you know, my personal life, everything's been, you know, it's been going in the right direction. We're taking a step forward every single day and, you know, it's been good. You know, I love that you're doing the kicking thing too, but first and foremost, I have to, before we even get into that, like, I'm sorry, the kicking like development and the kicking yeah. coaching, but I want to, I want to first touch base on the personal side of things. Congrats also. Like I've, it's so cool, you know, getting engaged, having a child and people don't realize that that does change a lot of things. Um, oh, yes. a lot of, and you mentioned motivation. There's a different type of motivation now when you're trying to do certain things, there's a little bit more stress and pressure at times, but it can be a good thing too, because you utilize it for motivation. I can speak from experience now having three kids. It's like, yeah. you know, the, you, everything you do, it's not just for yourself. Now no. you're trying to, you, you, now you, now it's go time. Um, even though you might've thought it was go time prior <laughs> yeah. level of go time. And I, and I don't know if everybody understands that. So congrats on that though, dude. It's so cool. Um, seeing the updates from from you just on social media and stuff is where I'm following you at. It's, it's super dope. Okay. So like, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you found a partner that's supportive and everything like that. It's super important in anyone's career path, like especially in a career path such as like sports and so forth. That's, it's a sacrifice. There is some sacrifice that's involved there and you need a partner that can support you through the way. So uh, you said it was Sarah, right? Is your, Sarah, yeah. yeah. Shout out Sarah, shout out Brooks. Let's go. Yeah, so, let's go. Um, so Rasa kicking, talk to us about this because now, so, for those who don't know, I also am a partner in the company, the Idaho Underground Sports Network. So we right. founded that company together. And through this last year, we we're covering high school sports all through the, the the Treasure Valley of Idaho. We tried to do it through the state, but it was just three of us partners that you know founded the company. And uh, that's where we started to get to really know some of your kickers and getting to know some of these players. And then we got to know more about your 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 coaching side yeah. of things. So before we even get into your career in the USFL right now, I want to know about the coaching. So yeah. uh, first and foremost, how do we get a get a hold of you? Like if a kicker is interested or are you maxed out right now as far as your bandwidth is concerned in regards to how how many you can actually coach at one time? No, never. I mean, I I will take anybody that that wants to go out there and get better, plain and simple. I mean, it's. Uh, a way to get a hold of me, I have my Rasa kicking page. Um, I'm going to start ramping it up again on there soon. Um, just obviously being here, I'm not able to do really anything in Boise. So uh, once I get back here, it probably within the next month, we're going to, you know, we're going to pick right back up where we're going. And if you want to get a hold of me there, you can. If you want to even email me, uh, trausa4 at gmail.com, you can email me there, um, being able to set up, you know, what you want to do. But most of the time for me with with these kids is one obviously it's you know 
there needs to be a personal um, connection there. And just there's a trust. You know, I want these kids to trust me and I want to, you know, be able to mentor them in a way that, you know, it's it's a little different than coaching because kicking is a little different of a position than anything on the field. Um, so being able to, one, know what you're doing and trust in your own self as well as me to be able to basically it's almost like manipulate your body in a way to where you need to kick in the right way. Um, and my biggest thing with these kids is is developing them in a way to where, you know, if there is times where I'm not able to get out to them or, you know, there's some sort of way where they, you know, they can't get to me, they can self-assess. They can feel what they're doing wrong and they can self-assess to go from there. So I always ask questions, you know, while they're kicking, hey, why'd you do this? What'd you feel here? What did you do wrong here? And that's the biggest thing is, is I want these kids to get better when they're by themselves as well as with me. And I don't want to see these kids three times a week. Um, you know, I don't like that. I almost want to see these kids once, maybe twice a week, because I want them to go out and get better on their own and then come to me with different problems or, you know, just different things where they, they want to get, you know, kind of a fine tuning. And that's, that's what I, I want with my kids. And I feel like there's been, you know, a pretty good, um, you know, we've gotten to a good start with in year one with how these kids are doing. That is so sick. I can, I can speak to the work you've put in. Like I said before, just being able to cover high school sports in, in the state of Idaho. Some of the kickers out there, I'll just say there's a kicker at Mountain View that absolutely Mason. dominated, yeah. came, to, came to find out you were coaching Mason. I'm like, dude, this, this kid was clutch. This kid yeah. had a, a, a boot uh, for a high schooler. Because high school kickers, unfortunately here in Idaho, they've just kind of been inconsistent. That's not – I shouldn't yeah. say unfortunately. Kicking is just – hard in high school period you don't learn the yeah. you don't really have good coaches this is why it's cool that you have you have started this because that's just the reality historically we just don't have a ton of kicking coaches it's just not that popular around here but you're a specialist and you're 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 uh, sharing your knowledge with the rest of the people i will say this too kicking has become vital i would ask anybody if you if you're listening to this you're not from idaho go watch the film from the rocky mountain versus highland state semifinal game actually yeah. it was a state quarterfinal game yeah uh, Ian Hershey, we call it giving the Hershey kiss because he kept, yep. dude, he had a leg and the kickers had something to do. If it weren't for him, I mean, Highland doesn't even make it past the quarterfinal round of state because he had like a couple 50 yard boots. One of was like a 40 yarder in the wind, like clutch. Uh, and he did that again against Eagle and made themselves, they, they made it to the state championship. So big part is due to the kicker kickers yeah. are important so Everything. anyway go go check that out and see but I, I will put the link here in the description for your email as well as the instagram page for rasa kicking so people can go and check that out too but i'd encourage anybody who's a kicker to uh check out tyler's work man because he he can help you out and get you get you to the next level um so tyler we talked about this Two years ago, it's a conversation I've had with many people. It's a debate I've had on Twitter quite a few times with the, these leagues such as the XFL and now the USFL uh, making its resurgence into the system. And we've talked about the spring leagues and the indoor football leagues and so forth. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's not that great. No, it's stupid because it's not the NFL and da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, well, listen, like it is professional football, though. This is the next level of football. It's high level football. And so I'm a huge advocate of it. I think it gives people opportunities to uh, continue to work on their craft because football specifically is the sport that doesn't have a lot of opportunities after college, like basketball and baseball. And pretty much every other sport has leagues overseas that, you know, pay well uh, football. Yeah. It's different. It's a different, it's a different sport. Now 
when the USFL was making their their name, uh, did you immediately want to like jump on that and 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 have another? When you heard that they were coming back, how did that whole process go to get you even able to 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 be part of the draft or whatever? Yeah. So when basically when it first came about, um, you know, the first thing you want to know is you know what are they doing? Uh, where is it being held? How many games, you know, what's the pay like and everything like that. And so kind of when we got those details, it was, you know, how do I get myself in the mix and everything like that. And um, again, one of my teaching points that I always tell my kids and everything like that is network all the time and never burn any bridges. Okay. So one of the, uh, basically the guy, so there's a player draft pool that you have to get into in order to get drafted. Okay. And a certain, certain guy named John Peterson controls who's in the draft pool. He controls everything in 2018. He basically want, he was with the Panthers at the time. Um, and I did well enough in the spring league to where he, you know, he wanted to try and bring me and everything like that. You know, he just didn't have the pull then that's totally fine. We had dinner a couple times. We always had good conversations on the sideline, you know, everything like that at the end of the day. I mean, I, I went out of my way sometimes shake his hand. Hey, thanks for you know trying to give me a shot, everything like that. He calls me in December um, and says, hey, it's John Peterson. Remember who I am? I go, of course I remember who you are. We had dinner all the time in 2018 at the Spring League, this and that. And he's like, shoot, I didn't think you'd remember me. I was like, of course I do. Like, we had good conversations, everything like that. He goes, cool. He's like, I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to um, you know, be in the player pool, everything like that. You need some combines, this and that. But he's like, I've. You know, I followed you long enough. I like who you are as a person. We've, you know, had good times. I'm just going to go ahead and put you in the pool. Here's a contract. Um, we'll see if your name gets called, you know, if during the draft, but like, I want you in the pool. So that's, you know, that's what happens. And that's why I always tell my kids, again, never be too good for anybody. You never know where they're going to be. Um, and that was in 2018. And then, in, you know, 2022, we reconnect. I mean, that's just how small this world is. And so that was kind of just how I got into the pool. And that's how this whole thing came about. Yo, that's actually a wild story. I had no idea about that. And I, I love that you teach the kids that too. Like always network, don't burn any bridges. I'd encourage anybody who's listening to this, go back, rewind that, take a note of what Tyler just said. Network all the time, never burn any bridges. You literally never know four years later that that popped up. Like, you know what I mean? You never know when that's going to no. It may never happen. It may never help. Uh, you never know. But like always keep those connections. I think that's vital. That's in anything in life, not just sports, but that's huge. Um, as you when you're when you knew that you were going to be playing um, and you already kind of knew the whole situation with the USFL, uh, but you get called to play for the Tampa Bay Bandits. Talk to us about that, though, for anyone who doesn't fully understand how the USFL is is put together. Because I talked to Shea Patterson, quarterback who used to play for Michigan, and yep. he, he was drafted. Now. Yeah. Okay. So so he he was drafted. I think he was first overall. I could have been wrong, but like as a as a quarterback over there for for he Michigan. There. And um, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, how does it work? Is it like the XFL where they're traveling or not?" And I'm like, "No, it's more of a bubble situation." So while you do represent a city you're kind of all in the same area anyway. So can you kind of educate us on the USFL and the format of, of which it all goes down? Do you all stay in the same place? Like, how does it all work? Yeah. So we're all, all teams are in Birmingham, Alabama right now. So they kind of did like a bubble format ish, you can say, um, which is, I, again, I think it's, you know, if you want to have a league that is sustainable to keep the funds and to last, I mean, it's, 
it's a good first year thing to do. Um, and so we've all been in Birmingham, Alabama. We've all been playing at uh, Protective Stadium. Last week we were at Legion Stadium, uh, the gray old lady where they've, you know, they had the original, um, you know, games between Auburn and Alabama. Um, and they've all been in Birmingham here. Uh, but we've all been here. And again, playing Protective Stadium where, you know, for the Birmingham team, they're, they're going to be the ones that have crowds. For the rest of our games, we don't we don't have many um, just because it's, you know, it's going to be hard to have a crowd there for, you know, four games, you know, sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes just Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's a difficult thing to do. But again, it's it's the smart move to be able to sustain. Um, and so there's no travel. I mean, literally, it's where I'm staying in the hotel. It is a 150 yard walk to the stadium if I want to go you know, to the game or if we go to practice, something like that. So it's, it's nothing that's like out of the way. It's, it's a very convenient setup. Um, and for us, I mean, it's, it's hasn't been too bad besides just kind of staying in, in the same place without like, you know, a vehicle or something like that. That's, you know, it's kind of been the only hard part, just Ubering everywhere. Um, but for what they're doing right now, I think it's a smart move. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that insight from somebody who's in there actually yeah. going through it. Because some people will be like, "What? What's going on? Like, why are they not traveling?" But it is. It's you guys see like, it's very hard with the NFL because the NFL has monopolized everything. They they kind of yeah. take, and that's not. I mean, it's it's a good business model in a sense, but it, it is it makes other leagues. It's it's, it's a t- tough business model basically. Yeah. Um, because they've just kind of monopolized it all and those guys need to find a way to sustain. And I think the way that you said it, it's a sustainable business model, especially year one, when you're trying to get off the ground. Um, yeah. Travel. And we just talked about this prior to the recording, the travel costs right now are insane. So imagine trying to fly every week. It's ridiculous. The teams would probably struggle with the funding there. Yeah. Um, but this is building a little bit more, uh, I guess, branding, uh, brand awareness for, for things and trying to build a foundation for the USFL that they can hopefully sustain moving forward. Um, so I, I guess a lot of people would probably want to know, Tyler, when you're when you're chilling there in in the hotel and whatnot, like what are the practices like? What are your practice schedule? Because I want to know like how often are you not practicing? Because what do you do with your free time? That's kind of what people yeah. are wondering when in the bubble type situation where you're kind of just stuck in one area. Yeah. So I mean, um, every team has a different practice schedule because there's going to be basically uh, four different locations where people practice, where teams practice. So between like Protective Stadium between um, two different colleges and Legion Field. You know, there's gonna be a morning and an afternoon practice. We are the afternoon practice. So most of the time, you know, we're up at eight o'clock. We have some sort of workout. We have meetings. Uh, We have, you know, about an hour or so of downtime to get ready, get through the locker room and, uh, you know, being able to guys like tape their ankles, everything like that. And then from there, we will either walk across the street to our practice or we'll bus to uh, one of the other locations where we practice at. And, you know, your regular like two, two and a half hour practice. And then from there, some days we'll come back and we'll watch some film afterwards. We'll uh, most of the time it's like special teams work, this and that. And then, you know, kind of after that, it, that's where where your free time goes in. And it's, you know, guys either watch more film or get like I like to do like recovery stuff. So we have a room in here that's, you know, got a bunch of like hyperbolic chambers, um, got a bunch of like Norma Tech stuff, you know, being able to do that just to keep recovering um, and, you know, be your best self the next day. And that's kind of the biggest thing is when you have a 10 week season with the NFL, you're going to have a 17 week season. Um, being able to be your best the next day is, is always the big thing. So for me, it's 
during the week, um, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, basically, let's just say we have a Sunday game because uh, Tuesdays we'll have off. So uh, I would say Tuesday too. So Tuesday through Saturday, um, trying to recover as much as possible. Now on Tuesdays when we have our off day, sometimes Monday as well is where you know I like to get out and and golf because I'm I'm big on golf and love love to golf. Uh, father-in-law is a big time golf pro and he, he got me in the right, right direction, got me pretty good fast. Um, so there's, there's actually, it's called the Robert Trent Jones trail out here where they have a lot of cool courses. And I played the longest one you can probably think of the other day where it was like 8,200 yards from the tips and it is a massive course, but that's, that's been my thing away from football is, is playing golf. It's kind of a good reset. Love it. And then, you know, the downtime, just recovering, watching some film and, and um, yeah, just trying to, trying to get through what I need to. So when the football days are over, are you going to be going that route to the golf scene? Like if that's in your fifties or whatever it may be, what are you, what are you thinking about oh, that? Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's funny cause it's, you know, you always hear the thing of like, Oh, is, you know, is, is Brooks going to be the, the next kicker this and that it's, I always say, you know, he can do whatever he wants. I will force golf on him a hundred percent. I'm not going to force anything else. We're going to force golf. Um, but no, it's, I, I will probably always be golfing golfing. It's, it's a good, I think just reset for me with everything. It's a good little hobbies. Um, but it's, it's definitely a good route. I love that, man. That's, that's dope. So going to your, 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 your games, we talked about how there's not a lot of fans in the stadiums right now, especially for the teams that aren't from, from Birmingham, right? It's just harder for fans. And that, and I'm glad you actually gave that insight because I was talking to a business partner of mine from Nation's Best Football. He lives down in California. And we talked about that when I went down to Orange County uh, last month for a basketball tournament. I, I met up with him for lunch. We were chatting about fans in the stands and what the USFL should be doing differently because it, it doesn't necessarily like on TV, you don't see anybody. And it makes people wonder like, is anyone coming? But understanding you just saying that like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, or sometimes just Saturday, Sunday. Like it's hard for yeah. fans. It's just like you're in one city. So like yeah. how many games can they really go to? Like they're not going to sit there for a full two days and go to a game. Like it's, it's yeah. hard, you know? So totally makes more sense that you just said that. I don't know why I didn't process that in my head prior, but it totally makes sense. But let's talk about this. You've, you've played at Boise state university in some big games. You've, right. you've played in the XFL. You, you understand a little bit of, uh, you understand when, when there are fans there, there's like a pressure. So let's go to the Boise State. There's a lot of fans at times, a lot of noise, sometimes very right. high pressure. And now you're playing in front of nobody, but you can still hear everybody. There's still a lot of pressure. Can you talk yeah. about the differences between that, between maybe having a ton of fans when you were in college to like not having anybody and what that does to you mentally? Has it helped your game? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's – I again, I explain it. It's – again, you can say like playing softball. You can say it like – you know, being on a golf course, you can hear everything. Uh, so playing at Boise State, playing with the XFL, you know, in some of these leagues where there are a lot of fans, you know, you can tune things out. You know, everything kind of blends into one. You can and you don't need to focus on anything like that. When you get onto a field and there are, you know, a couple hundred fans that are in the stadium and they're not making any noise, you hear every single thing. And so there's been times where I have friends on the other team that are just standing there yelling at me and you can't really block it out because it's they're right there. You hear them. And it's like talking to somebody that's, you know, on the T box and you're in the cart and they're just yelling at you. Same thing. So that's, that's been a, an adjustment for sure. Because at that point you, you know, you hear them and you're hearing everything they say, but you have to find a way to 
um, just take it and keep focusing on form, keep focusing on, you know, kind of what you're doing on that play and what you need to do. Um, cause there's, there's, there is some funny stuff people say though, cause there's, you know, there's a uniform, um, policy that we have to abide by. can't show too much skin, like around the knees and stuff area. And so for kickers, you know, we don't have, we don't wear any pads inside of our pants. So one example was, you know, um, going out and play the generals guy on the other team who I know he's yelling at me, Tyler, Tyler, I see your knees. That's a uniform violation. I'm telling the ref right now, this and that. And I, I'm like trying not to crack up. It's just during a PAT. I make the PAT and I, I start laughing after I, I legit fist bumped him. I was like, dude, that was funny. Like that was good. And so just trying to find different ways to, you know, kind of control, like, you know, guys being able to legit just talk to you right then and there is that's, that's been a, a definitely a, a new adjustment. I didn't know I needed to do, but it's a real thing. Yo, that's crazy, dude. We don't probably get to see or hear that. I mean, we can no. hear a lot on the, on the cameras, but we don't, I don't think we, at least I haven't noticed that no. when I've been watching the game. So no, cause funny. I've watched, I, you know, when, when other teams are playing, you know, we watch, but it's, yeah, you don't hear what's going on on the field. And it, it's loud too. You can hear everything. Yo, that's, that would be kind of wild. So far, um, what has been your favorite memory up until this point of, of the USFL and in, in, in your whole experience this season? I mean, it's, I think it's just been a collective of just, you know, playing again, you know, being able to, you know, be in a room with guys who, you know, you have a good camaraderie with and, and playing for something that's again, bigger than yourself is always, um, you know, you have, you have the game winners, you have the big kicks, you have everything like that, which is, you know, it's great, but just being able to get in there um, become a professional again, being able to, you know, kind of evolve my game a little bit more and being able to be around coaches who have been at the highest level, won Super Bowls. I mean, Todd Haley's been in the NFL for shoot his whole life. We have a special yep. teams coordinator who Frank Gans, who's been in the, you know, the NFL his whole life as well. And those guys have, you know, great connections and being able to, you know, connect with him, who they are, who they've been with, who they've been around. Um, and just being able to like, you know, being able to evolve and to better my game, better myself as a person and, um, just the connections, man, the connections have been great. That's what I've loved. That is so cool, man. It, it, it is cool. I, I don't think people realize how many amazing no. names are out there. There's so many opportunities to connect with, uh, big name people there that are, that have right. some experience in the professional game and not even the professional, but like even throughout like just big organizations, big, big programs and so forth. You've got a lot of people uh, that you're in connection with, especially with the coaching staff. Who would be your favorite? Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that. You probably like all your teammates, but, you know, is there an uh, is there a teammate that you you met this year that you didn't know prior that you were just like, holy crap, I'm playing with him? Or is there somebody that's like stood out to you um, as, you know, an influential teammate that you could talk about? Um, shoot. I mean, I can go down the list between, you know, our punter, Brandon Wright, who's an awesome guy out of Georgia State, um, you know, has done some time in the NFL, our long snapper, Ryan DeSalvo, who's out of San Jose State, played against him a couple times, obviously at Boise State. Those are my two guys. Um, you know, you have our quarterback who's, you know, big name guy, Jordan Tahamu, who's been, you know, with a couple of different NFL teams, was successful. Um, and the XFL, you know, such a good down to earth, wholehearted guy who, you know, he connects with everybody, doesn't have a bad bone in his body, really. Um, and be, especially with some of our offensive linemen, like Damian Mama, who went to USC, guy is awesome. Um, again, and, and Corbin Kafusi, who, 
you know, I've posted a couple of pictures of him. He's, you know, 6'10". I'm 5'9". And so, you know, we have some fun on the sidelines on the field. Uh, after one of the game winners, you know, he's asking me for a high five and he throws his hand up. And I'm almost positive he can dunk without, like, jumping. And so for me, I'm like a full-fledged, like, vertical to get up there. Uh, we, I mean, we just have a, we have a very good group of guys on our, on our team that, you know, I, we've haven't really had any problems this whole year. And it's, it's been a very good group of guys. Yo, that's so funny. And Kafusi, he's a BYU guy, isn't he? I think yep. he was at BYU. Yeah. Like the whole Kafusi family's down there, but yeah. that's wild. It's cool. Like you dropping names like that. I I've seen some of the names that came through the rosters. I'm like, what a cool opportunity. And plus you guys are like, even the opposing teams, is there anyone you've played against that you were like, dang, they're good. Like maybe you knew them in college or in the pros prior or anything like that. Anybody that I've played against. Um, I mean, you obviously know, like, you know, the Kyle Sloter who, you know, he's the quarterback for the breakers and he's, you know, I think he's been with every single NFL team. He's had a couple starts that, you know, I just knew of the name where he's, you know, he's pretty legit, good, good quarterback. He's doing well with them. Uh, Scooby Wright, who was actually, he was on my team, um, in the XFL and he's, he's with, uh, the Birmingham team. Now he's an animal. He's, he's been one of my good friends now for the last, you know, two, three years. Uh, also, I mean, he's a crazy individual. Talk about a guy who is just a cannon. Um, he is awesome. He's always fun to watch, always fun to go against. Um, he's unbelievable. Um, Gosh, I can't remember the running back for the generals, uh, his name. I, I am so bad with names, but he is a bowling ball. Dude is a tank. He's the one that did uh, the thick thighs, save lives. Um, he's, <laughs> yeah, awesome. he's, yeah, because he's literally, he's 5'8", like 220. Like he is a bowling ball and he's legit. He's so good. Um, you know, guys like that where, you know, you, you go against and you wish them the best and they're also great guys. I mean, you see them in the hallway, you can spark up a conversation with them at any time and they're, you know, they're cool guys. And so guys like that, where you go against them, you, they're the best, you're, they're doing well and you want them to keep succeeding, go to the next level. And that way you're just like, yeah, I went against that guy when I was in the USFL or, you know, that guy was a cool dude in the hallways when we talked and, um, and that's that's kind of the cool thing with with going against these guys. That's so sick, man. Have you learned anything? It's like from some of the guys that were in the NFL. Have they given you any advice as far as like that? Like, hey, this is what the NFL is going to be like and stuff like that. Have you learned? Like, because I would imagine, are you trying to make it to the NFL still? Is that oh, kind yeah. of the ultimate goal? Yeah. So, what do you think you've picked up, Tyler, from these people that have had that experience, whether it be the coaches or the players, that you think that you can? Do you, do you feel like okay, now I have a pretty good grasp of how the NFL will work? Yeah, it's mainly just, you know, continuing to how to become a pro and how to be kind of in that vet mindset of, of you know, the, the talent is there. At this point, it's literally, you know, who you know and getting lucky at the right time and just continuing to get better by doing less, you could almost say. And it's kind of a weird thing, but, it, you know, for me, it's always been you know, how much can I do in order to get better? Well, at this point in my career, it's, it's a fine tuning. It's, um, I would say it's, it's just zeroing down on what I need to do, um, in the right way in order to just sustain my performance and, and to do it at a high level. And, you know, at the NFL, it's, yeah, they want guys who go all out and they do everything they can, but they also want guys who are the smart guys on the field who know, you know, at what time they need to turn it on and what time they need to do, 
um, what they need to do. And then there's times where, you know, okay, they need to be almost in like a walkthrough formation and, and, you know, it's, it's continuing to learn how to be a pro, how to be a vet and getting through those tough, difficult times of when things are cutthroat and knowing how to basically just put your head in the right mindset to where it's, you know, nothing negative, everything positive and get through it. Totally, man. I, um, if you could tell, like, I guess you'll just kind of piggyback off that, but like, if you could tell the young kids that you're coaching right now, one of the biggest transitions from like even playing the college game to the professional game, what would it be? Like what, I guess what's the hardest transition for someone to understand how to be a pro. Cause like, is it the mindset? Is it the physical thing? Like, what is it at that point? What's the hardest transition? Well, the hardest transition is one, just getting in. Shoot, man, that's yeah. that's that's a hard transition in itself. But um, being able to, you know, there's that that mental side that will really, you know, take people out. Um, just mentally knowing that you're good enough, mentally knowing that your game is good enough, um, and you know, just continuing to put your best foot forward every single day, no matter what happens. And but that, you know, that transition of you know, you're going to go against some guys who maybe hit a bigger ball than you that maybe, you know, kick 10 yards past what you do. Um, and getting in that mindset where it's like they can they can do all that. They can do whatever they want. I just need to make, make more kicks than they do. doesn't matter how it goes in. It just needs to go in. And, you know, mentally, you know, doing that, that's going to put you in a good boat to succeed, to continue to um, mentally put yourself there again, mentally, I keep saying mentally because it's, that is 85% of the ball game right there. You have some guys who have the biggest legs you can think of and mentally they're just, they're just not there and it'll show when it's on the field. Um, and yeah, just putting yourself in that position, man, to keep succeeding best foot forward mentally, knowing you're good enough and just being your own best friend as well. I love that, brother. I think it's so cool. You know, I'm going to reference a conversation I had with a guy named Dan Goodale. I'm going to get him on the show too here in the next couple of weeks. But Dan and I play basketball against each other. And I remember last summer, um, I was like, dude, I got to get you on the show, talk about some stuff. Cause we wanted to talk about a missed field goal that he had at Boise State and like kind of like the, the backlash that he got from that and all this stuff. But I remember your name came up because we were talking about the post, you know, college career. And Dan had mentioned how he had been trying trying to get in had a couple workouts here and there. And he's like, eventually I, I had to make a decision of, do I go home and work full time and try to still kick on the side? And, and can I stay at that level? That's good enough to get this, that, and the third. And he goes, you know, Tyler's still doing this thing and he's still, he's still putting in the work every day. He goes, I just don't know if I have the mental fortitude to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was like, dude, Tyler's a baller, man. He's coming home. He's putting in the work still. He's still getting the work so that when the opportunity arises, he's there, but he's also taking care of himself and his family. Like, I mean, there's yeah. like, it does come down to a mental thing. Like, how much you're willing to put in and can you really do that? And it sounds like, you know, that's one of the things I've always admired about you is you still put the work in because you still had the dream um, and you had the mental fortitude. You kept saying mental, mental, mental. That's what I've always noticed about you is you, you've got that. Like it just keeps grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. Um, was there ever a time though? Because honestly, Tyler, there was never a guarantee that we'd have another XFL or a USFL right. or any of these leagues, especially when the XFL folded right after the AAF folded and, People are like, ah, I, I might not have another opportunity to to get to the next level. Was there ever a time in that last two years where you were like, you know, maybe it's time to just start coaching full time and do this or whatever? Have you ever had that, or were you like, no, I'm going to keep going because the NFL's still there? It's hard because I never had that time where I was like, all right, I'm done. You know, there's definitely times where you're thinking about like, you know, if if I don't get this opportunity, 
you know, do I keep doing this? If this happened, do I, you know, do this, this, this. And like during that whole thing, you know, I was, you know, I had a couple like bartending gigs. I had a couple like I was substitute teaching. I was doing some golfing stuff. I was coaching kids. And then I got into kind of an eight to five job with United Rentals, which, you know, loved it there, loved the people. But it's, you know, things, it would just, you know, when you get in those positions, yeah, things are great. Money's good. But it's it's almost like a, a glass half full type thing where it's like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm missing something. Like, you know, I'm still kicking on the side of this never like this isn't football. This isn't what I want to do. This isn't the end goal. Like, you know, I, I need to keep pushing forward because this, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to sit at a desk for an eight to five every single day because that is, you know, I some of those guys, you know, I don't know how they do it, but, you know, bless them for for loving what they do and continuing to do it because it's it's what they love to do. But for me, it's there is there is the if there was never a, you know, I don't want to do this or like I, I think I'm done type thing. Um, just because there's always a there's always a keep going, you know, kind of a voice in the back of my head that just says keep going. You know, and as long as that's there, I'm gonna just keep listening to it. I'm gonna keep pushing forward because you never know what it what it'll lead to. And you hear so many different stories um, with guys who were in the NFL for like a year or two or something like that. And, you know, they keep pushing forward, keep pushing forward. All of a sudden it's like, you know, hold on. I just got this crazy opportunity that, you know, actually might pay me even, you know, more than what I got in the NFL. And it's a good opportunity for my family only because I kept going. People like my story, people like me, and you never know what things could lead to. But for me right now, it's, you know, I want to keep playing football. I want to keep, um, put my best foot forward and, and, and keep going. And, and guys like Dan, you know, Dan was good enough. Dan, Dan was legit. He was, you know, his basically three years playing, man. He, he was very good. It's, it sucks that that one field goal is, you know, on his record and, and people will only remember that, but, you know, especially his last two years when he was starting, man, he was legit and a good kickoff guy, especially really strong leg. And if he would have kept going, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't have had, you know, some opportunities as well. I just think it was, it was just kind of the wrong timing. You can say yeah. timing is everything. Um, and at the time, I think there was a league kind of like this that was starting in Florida where I think he even got drafted to, but they, I think they folded before they even started type thing. Um, but timing, yeah, timing is everything. Um, but we're just going to keep going. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to keep pushing forward keep doing the damn thing and excuse my language, but we're just going to keep going. No, I love it, man. I, I love it. Cause you can see now like you're, you've already scratched past the surface. Like you've built some momentum. That's really, really positive. And you just continue yeah. to grind. And I think it's freaking awesome. Cause you can probably smell it. It's like right there. You know yeah. I mean? I think it's, it's so awesome. And the connections you've made and you continue to make and the progress you continue to make is insane. Um, I only had a couple questions left for you. I, I, I was thinking in my head, a lot of people want to know what's more important for kicking. I think people wonder, like, you know, for for the actual, like, you know, skill positions, such as a receiver, running back, whatever, even, you know, physical strength is a huge piece of that. But for kicking power, right? You mentioned earlier, like, there might be a kicker who can kick it 10 yards past where you can, whatever. For kicking power, to have a boot, basically, mm -hmm. have a nice leg, does it come down to strength from weightlifting or does it come down to technique? What's more important? I know you're gonna probably say, well, both mixed or whatever, but like, what's, what's yeah. more important? So I always, I've always said there's, there's like, there's people who are just 
made to kick and there's people who work to kick. So for me, I always say I work to kick. I always feel like I need to lift weights. I need to continuously do something. Otherwise I'm going backwards. And I always say I am not made to kick. I've, I've worked to kick. And then you see some guys who are just unreal. Um, like a Jake Bailey type thing where that guy is unreal. I think he was, you know, he works hard. Don't get me wrong. He works hard, but he is somebody who is just made to kick sometimes with form. It's a little bit different, but that guy is an absolute beast. Justin Tucker doesn't really lift weights, you know, just kind of does some body weight stuff, does some band stuff. Um, guy is made to kick. That guy is unbelievable as well. And then you get um, some guys like, you know, like Jake Elliott, who, you know, he works hard. He lifts weights. He does some things like um, that are that are different. It has some pop. Um, but as far as, you know, when you are establishing, you know, getting to know your body, getting to know the weight lift and what works, what doesn't, and then what gets you explosive. And that's the biggest thing with kicking is, is getting the explosiveness going and getting explosiveness out of your hips, out of um, getting out of your thighs, getting out of your knees and just exerting body, exerting energy from the ground up through the body, through the ball. And being able to do that, being able to know what works and again, what doesn't is is the biggest thing and, and knowing yourself and knowing what you need to do and what works with you as kicking because there are different things you know i would i wouldn't tell my kickers don't deadlift because it's kind of a slower moving thing do something like a you know um like olympic lifts do some hang clings power clings do it the right way and then pair that up with some sort of jumping some sort of you know if you're doing a box jump it'll be you know one step into it explode out get as fast as you can um and just fast twitch muscles are the biggest thing. So if you're doing different band stuff, I mean, even get a heavier band, put it around your neck, um, all the way down to your feet, do a squat, explode out. So any sort of explosive movement, nothing slow because stuff like that is where, you know, it'll get you in trouble. So interesting, man. See, this is the stuff I love. I love to hear yeah. this stuff. It's the, the intricacies of the game here, basically. I like that it's stuff I didn't know. Tyler, what uh, is the biggest life lesson that you've learned through football um, so far in your life? Oh, man. Um, I mean, when I when I first started getting going, um, it was the humbling part, the humbling part of, OK, you know, I thought I was, you know, the bee's knees. I thought I was, you know, better than I was, especially coming out of college. I'm not. I need to keep going. I need to keep bettering myself and need to overall just just need to be better and then you know as of you know the last two years and stuff like that i i've had to learn that you know there's there's more to just me in this game and more to just me of you know doing this for my story because now there's a whole different other story that i i need to help add to i guess you can say as well with brooks and with sarah so being able to, you know, manage my time, being able to manage on, you know, being a good, you know, future husband and being a good future dad, not future dad, being a good dad now. And um, with that humble pie comes, you know, a little bit of, what could you say with it? Kind of a, uh, just like a whole, a good, you know, being able to be the person I'd want my son to be in the future. And with that, again, just becomes, you know, being a good person on and off the field always and knowing 
you know, when I'm in the right, when I'm in the wrong and you know, the teachable moments. And, you know, it's, it's everything like that is, I think is just, you know, made me a much better person than what I even was two years ago. Um, because it takes the selfishness away. It takes the, the me mindset out of it. And it, I think it just, you know, again, just makes me a better person for, for where I've been and where I want to go. Totally, man. I freaking love it. So last question is, man, where, where do we expect to see, see you, uh, when the season ends in a couple of weeks, maybe within, you know, from the time this launches, we'll, we'll see when, uh, when the season ends, but when the season is over in the USFL, what is the next steps for Tyler Rossa? Hopefully there's, you know, there's a potential NFL workout there, um, to where they're, I don't even, I'm not even asking for someone to sign me. I'm asking for them to just bring me in and, and, you know, look at me, give me a shot and let me prove what I can do. Um, and that's all I ask. I've never asked for a handout, never asked for anything like that. Just give me an opportunity to get in front of you, show you who I am as a person and, and, you know, get to work from there. Um, in the nearest future, I mean, we'll, after this is done, we'll, I'll be in Boise for who knows how long. And then, you know, we'll go from there. We'll just keep, you know, put one foot forward, whatever comes, comes, and we're gonna, um, you know, keep everything we have every day. I love it, brother. I'm going to be rooting for you. You know that I'm always, I'm always rooting for you over here. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know a it. lot of people are, bro. It's, it's super, super cool. I just want to say thanks, man, for being willing to join me and catch up with me after two years and sharing some of the experience from the USFL, man. So thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you, brother. Always. Thanks for supporting me, man. Absolutely, man. For all the listeners out there, make sure once again, you leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of the interview and we'll be coming to you next week with another one. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.